having removed covetousness and displeasure with regard to the world. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> Which takes <laughs> not quite so easy to do. But, uh, that was certainly part of what the Buddha had to cultivate. While contemplating body in the body that arises in them, based upon the body, either a fever in the body or sluggishness of mind. Or the mind is distracted outwardly. Mm -hmm. That bhikkhu should then direct the mind towards some inspiring sign. When he directs his mind towards some inspiring sign, gladness is born. When he is gladdened, rapture is born. When the mind is uplifted by rapture, the body becomes... Tranquil. One tranquil in body experiences happiness. The mind of one who is happy becomes concentrated. It reflects thus the purpose for which sake I directed my mind has been achieved. Let me now withdraw it. So who withdraws the mind? does not think or examine, understands without thought and examination, internally mindful, I am happy, and so forth with the other three establishments. In such a way, Ananda, there is development by direction. And how Ananda is the development without direction? not directing the mind outwardly because understands my mind is not directed outwardly understands it is unconstricted after and before liberated, undirected understands I should dwell contemplating the body in the body ardent, clearly comprehending, mindful I am happy and so forth for the others Mind not directed outwardly is unconstricted after and before, all around. Liberated, undirected. Ardent, clearly comprehending, mindful, I am happy. Thus, Ananda, I have taught development by direction, I have taught development without direction. Indeed, Ananda, by a compassionate teacher out of compassion, all that's been done, out of compassion for one's disciples, desiring their welfare, this I have done for you. These are the roots of trees, Ananda. These are empty hearts. Meditate, Ananda. Do not be negligent, lest you regret it later. This is our instruction for you. Mm. So there's a process here, and this is kind of a very brief outline, the Buddha's summarising. 
Other times he talks about having spent time just turning things over in his mind and reviewing how he'd been living, what he'd been doing, and realising this is not profitable, it's not getting furthering, it's not deepening, it's not settling. And so discarding, putting aside its distracted thinking, its outward going tendencies, its obsessiveness and so forth, and then his heart becomes one-pointed. And they're having set that up, heart is ekakata, one-pointed, one aim, sense of purpose. Then he establishes sati, mindfulness. And then having established mindfulness, still as in this section you can see, that's not the end, you've still got to keep referring to it and the mind is wavering and wobbling and sometimes the body gets dull or the mind gets distracted or it rambles or gets crazy. You need to direct it towards something inspiring, gladdening, uplifting, until it becomes comforted. Desperate, agitated mind, what makes it feel fed and comforted, gladdening, cheering, uplifting, ah, comes out of that feverish state or that panicky state or that lost state mm. Mm. with that sense of gladness, the happiness, rapture, which is a sense of one feels uplifted, certain energy starts to shift from being frazzled or sunk, it starts to lift. This lifting of energy, not done through the will, but a natural buoyancy arises. One feels glad and rapture, this picks you up. And because of this um, rapture, the body becomes tranquil. Ah, clear, relieved. Mm. Because the body's tranquil, one feels at ease. Mind is no longer stressing, struggling. It's got somewhere to sit. It's happy. Because it's happy, it's concentrated. A process then. So, you know, key terms here, references to. Um, the process of wise supervision and recognizing there are hindrances. These hindrances have two fundamental features. One is they depress or sink. You get sluggish, dull, stuck, frozen, sort of hypo, which means you're flattened, you're not enough zest. The other is it's hypo. Racing out, distracted, racing out. So there's hindrances of dullness and restlessness. We've found those, the other hindrances, easily take a foundation, craving, ill will, doubt, worry. So before we get into the various phenomena that we can doubt or worry or get agitated around, just recognising an energetic shift. What happened was the energy slumped, 
stagnated, or it just went crazy, running around. This is energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you turn it towards something where the energy will pick up. It will find something satisfying, heart will find something satisfying, and start to rise. Mm-hmm. And then the body will calm, steady. So we're not talking about ideas here, or acts of the thinking mind, although your thinking mind can note, but you turn towards the heart. The heart operates in terms of feeling, and feeling is an energy. So when you feel something, there's energy, it starts to vibrate, tingle, get passionate, or whatever. Feeling happens. And feeling is a guide. Here's another little section. This is from the 45th book, number 12. There is feeling with wrong viewer's condition. Feeling with the subsiding of wrong viewer's condition. There is feeling with right viewer's condition. Feeling with the subsiding of right viewer's condition. There is feeling with wrong concentration. Feeling with subsiding of wrong concentration. Feeling with right concentration. Feeling with the subsiding of right concentration. Feeling with desire. It goes on. Feeling with subsiding of desire. With thought. Feeling with thoughtless condition. Feeling with subsiding of thoughtless condition. Feeling with perception is condition, subsiding of perception. Mm. And when desire has subsided and thought has subsided and perception has subsided, there's also feeling with that as a condition. There is effort for the attainment of the as yet unattained. When that stage has been reached, there is also feeling with that as condition. Now you can go through the various ramifications of that, but you get the main point, it's, it's about feeling. <laughs> I think you'd have to be a bit thick not to notice that. So this is, <laughs> so this is not reasons, it's feeling. Pleasant, agreeable, comfortable, agitative qualities, feeling, and what feels, chitta feels. I think we certainly come into some uh, problems, translation problems, partly because you use mind for chitta. Mind tends to be associated not with feeling, but with thinking and cognition and so forth. Naturally that's part of it, but the, the real basis of chitta is that which feels. Agreeable and disagreeable. And when you, get, you know what feeling is, just sense what happens there, something something starts moving and it moves it doesn't decide to move it just moves you don't think about it it just happens it's a kind of unfolding energy of feeling that quality that quality can be shaped right so energy is called fine material right it's a fine material, is the phrase for it. 
word for it. We have materiality, which we recognize. Immaterial, which is abstract. You know, fine material. Fine material is this quality of energy. Is you can shape it. <laughs> not, obviously not with your hands, but you shape it with your attitude, your intention. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. This means you see something that inspires you, you linger in it, you take it in, you stay with it, and that will actually cause that feeling to stabilize and steady. Right? So if we find our inspirational object, and we attend to it, the feeling of gladness, staying with it, extending it, entering into it, that feeling will become greater, stronger, more stabilized, then you can enter into it. And that's what can be done. The jitta can do that. It can it does it does get affected by feeling. And now you, you don't just let feeling rush through, you actually uh-huh go into it. And this is called absorbing or meditating. When the Buddha said meditate bhikkhus, he said jayati. Jayati means absorbing. You go into it, you enter into that agreeable feeling. Based upon something that is inspiring, so you, you know, gladdening, not passion arousing or uh, comforting, gladdening, we take refuge. They're actually, because the fine material quality of energy um, covers body and mind. So it it covers these two seemingly very separate domains where we normally think body, physical, bones, meat, mind, ideas, two completely separate domains. They know they are, yeah, at that level they are, but on an energetic level, they're co-arising. Body energy, heart energy rises or sinks. That's the whole understanding that this thing is based upon. That's why with mindfulness of body you can do things to your, to your heart. It's not the fact that you focus with your mind on a particular point until your mind gets concentrated. That is not taught. You enter, get the heart to enter, and you have to make something worth entering. So you do this kind of referencing, gladdening, how does that feel? Do I settle? No. Okay. What about that? Gladdening? No. Putting that aside. Ah, oh, sense of relief. That's gladdening. Go into that. How does that feel? Yeah. How does it feel in the heart? And can you linger it long enough to get the sense of, you know, the pressure's gone out of your head? The agitation's gone out of your chest. You take a few breaths. And breathing is very helpful because breathing exactly straddles those two domains. It is the moderator of energy. So if you sustain a gladdening, inspiring image, and while you're doing that, you feel your breathing, your breathing will begin to pick that up and transmit it into your body, into your nervous system. 
Just as if we pick up something that causes fear and panic and we breathe in with that, you get agitated and that goes into your body. So people get panicky and then their breathing gets agitated and and the whole body starts freaking out. And in such a case you can't just say to them all conditions are impermanent, it doesn't work, even though it's true. You actually, you know, take them by the hand, let's go for a little walk together. <laughs> you get physical and with a simple comforting feeling and then they, oh, their body can feel that and it starts to steady and they calm down. And then your breathing begins to become more oh, skillful. It's, a do- it's breathing is achieving into a skillful state and spreading that through the entire body in which there may be aspects in the body which is dull or congested or twisted or you know, agitated because your body is not just a physical anatomy, it's also a sensitive nervous system. So we have all kinds of shock, inner, inner bruises, um, constrictions, numb places. So you're suffusing the entire body. And that's also the line of absorbing. You know, when the mind is, has got some gladness, then you suffuse the entire body. It's also the process that the Buddha talks about, just like you're sitting in a bathtub, or you've got actually it's a uh, soap powder and sponge and water, so you get sunsy. So you're actually just saturating the body with any degree of gladness or relief of fever, relief of anguish, relief of stress. So you can, in your understanding, you know, the nature of feelings, when we take the pressure off, ah, oh, yeah, it can be that sense, a lightness. So you're shaping and moderating and handling and understanding, feeling as pleasure, but not just as pleasure, as an energy. Because that's what it is. Yeah, and you get forceful, you know what that feels like. And you get slack and lazy, you should know what that feels like. The feeling will tell you the truth. When you're thinking mind will actually justify it or blame on somebody else or this out and the other or just completely miss the point. But when you get the feeling of your mind is being arrogant and pushy, not listening, stubborn, yeah, opinionated, sluggish and casual, distracted, you get the feeling of it, this is grubby, this is not agreeable, I can't settle into this, this is not a vihara, this isn't something to enter into, it's miserable. This is feeling with wrong viewers' conditions. Or wrong concentrations condition, getting obsessive and fixated as a condition. And you feel as, you actually feel that sense of driven. Uh, uh, this is not gladdening. Maybe impressive, but it's not gladdening. Mm. So that yeah, means that we have to be receptive to what's being felt and listen up. You know, we're, we're, 
we're crossing this very sensitive and powerful and volatile territory. You can't just go in with a tank division and bomb it out. And it's not a place that just dribble around in casually. So careful, careful moderation is required. And it's sensible. And so you can hear sensing right with right view. So as it said, with virtue as condition and with right view as condition. With virtue established and view straightened, then you pick up mindfulness. So this comes, you know, mindfulness is established upon something. Not just a technique we whip off a shelf or get from an app. Right mindfulness, and uh, that's important because if that isn't there, then you start doing what you call concentrating on that, and then putting a lot of energy into it. I mean, it's like you're driving a car, you haven't got the wheels on the road. Actually, you haven't got wheels at all, and there's no road. It's just gunning the engine. Impressive. Pushing and concentrating and getting this and getting that. Actually, you're not even in a, in a proper vehicle yet. The road, straight view, virtue, then just checking out, is it? Grounded, settled, basis, established, comfortable. Okay. Well, let the mind, let the heart pick up. I'm happy, I'm comfortable well in that and internally and that's the big change isn't it from worldly attitudes where you're going out for happiness sense objects delayed in time future prospects to right here now internally So, when I started my spiritual life, as it were, I certainly was very dissatisfied with worldly conditions, but I didn't really know where to go. So I was travelling around in India and, and looking for some kind of spiritual teaching or another. And, you know, it sounded kind of great ideas and, you know, you know, super divine consciousness and bliss and so forth. It didn't seat down good, but in terms of actual path, couldn't really find a path anywhere. And I had actually just seen years before some images of the Buddha, Buddha images on covers of books. And it stayed with me, this impression is upright dignified, but really relaxed, gentle, dignified being. Mm. Buddha. 
I couldn't understand what they were talking about in the text, but I liked the image. That's, that's about right. The heart could pick that up, the gladdening sign. And then, so then, then when I was in India, you know, you get kind of elephant-headed god with a pot belly standing on one leg. You think, I know about that, really, because... <laughs> this is a psychedelic era, and I think I've already seen this fellow before. <laughs> And I don't know if I really want to trust my trust my life to <laughs> or some of these kind of things because it fangs and dripping blood dripping with necklace of skulls dancing on one leg. Um, well, yeah, I've, I've met a few of those, <laughs> and so I didn't really couldn't really pick it up. Uh, but then when I went to Thailand and seen Buddha images, oh, yeah, yeah. that's it. The impression. And uh, I remember the first time I saw Buddhist monks and they'd been debarred. And just these monks walking along and just barefoot, light robes, just walking along, dawn, just calmly. Oh, that's it. Light, calm, open road, daily life, living a daily life, open road, calm. Yeah, there wasn't even an idea, it was just his sense of that's, that's the sign. And I still remember it. When life gets intense and complex and heavy and so much to do, you just remember, no, this is about open road, <laughs> calm, just walking along, open road. You know, rather than a kind of big project, you know, you've got to support Buddhism in the West, generate, you know, no, no, just walk along, calm, open road, things will happen. People who want to know about it will pick it up. Because <laughs> you let the sign do the work. You know, and they tune to the sign. But because one had to get permission, one's parents to take ordination I used to ask my father and he said oh well whatever you want to do that makes you feel happy son you do that he said but don't do what I did <laughs> he said I left school when I was 14 and I worked worked and worked and I was 68 and the work never stops there's just one headache after another if you can get through your life without doing that really you go ahead do it and so the only thing to remember is with people you're living with you should be respectful for their customs and ways of behaviour. Just be live with respect and do what makes you feel happy in yourself. But don't get into this thing that I've been doing. And then he died. So that was his bequest. It was pretty good, so I still recollect that. You know? And that's the beauty of these Images that go to the heart, they're not just great ideas, it's something that touch you, they linger there, you can turn back, and, you know? You know, and sometimes I'm kind of getting a bit agitated with that and the other, and I remember my father and saying, Oh, son, don't worry about it, just <laughs> You're doing all right, you know? Oh, yes, you know. <laughs> 
open road, walking along through this troubled world. Yeah. And, it, and what it takes to get keep that without, you know, breaking, step, charging, rushing, dithering, drifting off into the ditches, getting stuck by something fascinating on the side, just to keep walking along that open road. That's that's enough. And things come by themselves through that process. As you probably recognise, those monks were going for arms round, walking on an open road, and food arrived. And that's kind of the way it's encouraged, either literally or metaphorically. You know? Don't get intense, don't get tangled. When you feel gladdened. Know it. And breathe it. Walk it. And keep discarding the face you want to get stuck in, obsessiveness, sidetracks. Just keep learning how to, to discard. How do you discard? You return to your body. You feel your feet, your movement, your breathing, and you release the mind into that. And that's cleaning process. And as it cleans, things start to rise in a skillful way. You know, you know we have a we have a life to live. We call this a retreat. The whole life is really a retreat. Different forms and modalities in it. It should all be something that you're listening to, attentive to, noticing how it affects you. Noticing your aims and ideals and opinions and relationships. You know, and your ways of doing things and causing you stress or getting you tangled up. And, you know, you come out of it. It's open, open road. Don't get stuck in the bushes. Walking through. It's this following the feeling. This involves a receptivity. And again, this is another thing to bear in mind because certainly when we are eager or desperate or inspired or whatever, they can do it. There can be a lot of instructional doing, how we do meditation. Uh, It has its own validities. But you should bear in mind in order to listen to feeling, you have to be receptive. These two processes, vitaka vichara, vitaka, you place your attention on something, vichara, you take it in, how's that, how's it feel? Place your attention on something, how's it feel? What's happening? So that can either be a particular small point, you know, like your breathing, or it can be a scenario, you know, like 
I'm in this particular position, you know, I have the, whatever I am, work monk, teacher, senior nun, new energarica, how's that feel? Mm. Okay, well that's, what are you doing with that? You're making a burden, yeah, holding on to it, getting fed up with it, just releasing the ways we conceive of ourselves. You're a feeling sensitive being. What's happening? Look after your heart, look after that. Stay steady with it, the rest will arise. That's faith. If we cultivate like that, and we have, you know, heart as an empathic experience, so we have sensitivity and awareness of each other, there's no reason why one can't sustain a comfortable abiding, agreeable friendship and mutual support. And then you get something that's bigger, much bigger than any individual can do. And that's the beauty of Sangha. That means you've got to open, be receptive, recognize the mind is often dropping things, flickering, forgetful. Okay, that's not, that's just something to be correct. It's not a moral sin. It's just means you need steadying training, steady with it. Beware of driving too hard. I mean, this is a thing because meditation, the meditation system, some of them have this kind of rather, you know, driving one-pointed concentration attitude. And you don't see this in the suttas. As you can see in that example, the word concentration comes rather late. And it refers to a particular condition whereby the heart has settled and is happy and comfortable in the body. So it isn't something you exactly, you kind of don't really do it, you enter it, when the heart and the body are settled comfortable, then it, it arises. And just, uh, yeah, what mindfulness is the agent that you notice the sign, you notice the gladness, you stay with it, you notice what's steadying, you stay with it, you keep listening and reading and checking it, and, okay. yeah. Till the feeling becomes steady and comfortable. Then the energy is gathered together because feeling is an energy. When the feeling is steady and comfortable, the energy will be steady and comfortable. That steady and comfortable is called samadhi. So it's a a way of handling feeling. It's not a way of pinpointing your attention purely. So if you notice that attention itself, in order to um, attending means you focus. Now if you focus on something it means you don't focus on anything else, obviously. So for example visually, if I want to form a focus I'll probably notice what's occupying about 2% of my vision. Rest of it blurred. Doesn't matter, focusing on that. Now my mind thinks one's being one pointed. Well, in terms of attention, one is, in, one is one pointed. But in terms of the heart, 
the one-pointedness is is my heart you know one-pointed on understanding and bodifying my mind which has become one-pointed on many things rather on skillful things I got focused on and riveted by so it's an attention has to be moderated and the Buddha says okay well just give attention to your body not your fingers not your nose but the whole body so that's a sort of not subtle but it's it's there and within that you can find the qualities of liberation coming up through that in that experience and also you'll find the qualities that are disturbing you see the same thing with your with your mind keep your mind steady open not intoxicated not fixated not directed outwardly inwardly which means how am I how am I feeling that's the way you direct your mind inwardly you direct it towards what the mind is feeling how am I feeling and not just looking for a word what is the feeling in the heart probably mobile agitated what's needed to address that calming sign gladdening sign lightning sign steadying sign and direct it towards something that will provide that where the feeling changes when's that steady then you withdraw that action of searching for the right feeling you can now it's established then you withdraw it now it's steady i am happy things are cruising along be with that until of course the next time when it slips away and you're going to do it again the process of mindfulness is actually being able to repeat repeating bearing in mind turning things over repeatedly reminding checking as is appropriate then when it's settled bearing that in mind noticing that the feeling of that and this is called um, apilapana it's thoroughly turning up happy thoroughly or highly or in a refined way uh, lapana recollecting and a little kind of scholarly topic is you can misread that as a lipana rather than api apilana 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 means not floating apilana or apilana means repeatedly recollecting a Pilana means not floating. So people can read up, that means not floating, so the mind is not floating. So in fact, instead of letting it float, you drive it. So mindfulness should be driven into the object. Comes out of that, that kind of attitude. Drive mindfulness onto the object, embedded. Which actually is a wrong translation of what's intended. 
Apilana means a kind of floating. It means, mm-hmm, how's that? How's that? Check it out. Mm-hmm. That's called vichara. Yeah? It means to have an open, fluid, recollecting, sampling attitude. How is this? How is that? Mm-hmm. That's about right. Yeah. That's vichara. The vitaka is the pointing. Hmm. And by and large in worldly life, the vitaka pointing, attending to, is heightened and fully developed, calculating, planning. Rather than pause, linger and evaluate, just to push the button, get on to the next thing quick. Though this process of not reflecting is bound up with our progressive culture. We don't want to pause and reflect, evaluate, because if you evaluate it, you might be wise. We don't want that to happen. We want you to be addicted. (laughs) So don't wait. Don't, Don't reflect, just go for it. This is, we promise you, this is the glow, this is the progress, this is the, you know, just buy one of these. Don't step, pause and consider whether you actually need it or not. Just go for it. Yeah, this is what, you know, shopping is about, isn't it? People who are shopping, they just buy, get, because it looks good. Whether you need it or not, well, don't even consider where it came from, the amount of material goods that were used, the exploitation of labour, the effect on the planet, whether it's useful, don't bother with that. <laughs> Just get one, because you get this buzz. <laughs> oh, great feeling. This is feeling based upon wrong view. Feeling based upon right view is, hmm, well, actually, I'm I'm fine. Things are okay. Don't need that. Cool, comfortable feeling. Mind isn't directed outwardly. This you have to reflect. Vichara. certain openness. So we're sitting. Why am I sitting? How is that? Maybe I should stand. Maybe I should move a little bit. Am I walking? I'm actually walking one step at a time, open road, or am I just programming myself into a track? How does it feel? Open, comfortable, or pressurized? Mm, pressurized. I spent um, several years, early years of meditation, just pressurizing. I was trying to focus on a particular. Uh, point in the body to meditate to get this, and mind wouldn't do it, so I just push it. Mind still wouldn't do it, so you push it harder. 
monster would do. So you keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Just keep witnessing and pushing, witnessing and pushing. And then ramming it down and pushing it, pushing it. And eventually it did get stuck. But um, the effect is kind of like very intense. Became extremely intense because the the feeling, the emotion, the feeling energy had been compressed <laughs> into a very tight state, and I'd never even noticed because my attention had not been there; it had been on the object. In fact, the instruction was let go of the feeling, just to keep returning to the object, discard the feeling discard the feeling and return to the point, get one pointed on that particular point, discard the feeling. So you discard discard the feeling, you discard reflection, you discard evaluation, the aim being that you get concentrated. Well, yeah, mine was certainly concentrated. Happy? No. Gladden? No. Restricted, not unconstricted, but extremely constricted. And that's why I thought concentration was. Get constricted. <laughs> really constricted. Then you won't have those irritating thoughts. One of those, because you'll be so restricted, you won't feel anything. And I could do it. Uh, um, took some time. I had plenty of time to do it, so I could do it. Uh, I'm not proud of it, because uh, extremely dissociating. Mm. Mm. I couldn't relate to anything. It was all just somewhere else. I was in this intense state. Uh, and until, until, I, until I met Ajahn Sumedho, and Paul Sumedho, who was really unconstricted. <laughs> you know, just very relaxed, comfortable, settled, wasn't distracted, wasn't steady, stable, but you could feel the sense of an unconstricted heart. Comfortable. Open, listening, mm-hmm. yeah, sensible. What's that? Because I'd figured I'd got pretty restricted after about a year or so, and I'd understood he'd been doing this for 10 or 12 years. I thought, if I'm like this after one year, <laughs> this guy must be like a black hole, you know, <laughs> completely compressed. And I'm tired, because I am. I've only been doing it for a year, I'm just a novice at this game. And it was like, it was totally the opposite. But it wasn't like he was frantic or distracted or sluggish, he was very settled and comfortable. What's that? that? You know? So again, you get the sign, the inspiring sign, and return to that. There's always been something I found uh, a resource because for many years I 
I lived with Lumpur Sumedho, ups and downs and chaotic situations. And he always seemed to be able to enjoy himself in the middle of all this madness of trying to set up Amrawati, which was crazy and chaotic. Nobody knew what they were doing, and it was physically physically dysfunctional, it was psychologically dysfunctional, it was every form of dysfunction. <laughs> you know, people were just drifting in from the streets who were clearly psychologically not all there. Uh, you know, they're trying to handle it all. And he's like, oh, don't make a problem out of it. Life's <laughs> well, crazy, just. You know, the inner composure within all that. That to me was very impressive. Uh, and uh, isn't arrived at through an act of, of willful attention, but for the quality of steady release, release of stress, release of pressure. Yeah? And, uh, and that's possible. That was, the, you know, the powerful realization in a pretty crowded chaotic, jumbled state, which the community was in, which wasn't even a community, just the gatherings, could still be that sense of inward ease. Oh, that's inspiring. So, consider what needs to be put aside one needs to be opened up to. One needs to be welcomed. Uh, what is the feeling born of right view? Mm. Uh, cool, steady energy. Feeling born of, of right mindfulness. Steady, take it a moment at a time, sustain this, keep practicing with this, stay in your body. You know. Understand what's going wrong, pick yourself up, tend to something skillful, breathing out, releasing. This is the process that we can trust, not because it's uh, so uh, amazingly profound, but because it's actually very sensible and comfortable and accessible for many people. Wherever they're at, however long they've been practicing, it remains the same. So let's take some time to enter our minds inwardly, our bodies inwardly, and find a way to happiness and ease. <laughs>